welcome to episode 93 of Together BHA. My name is Josh and I will be chatting all stuff Brighton after our first game of the season. Home to Chelsea, no fans still in the stadium uh, but plenty watching from home. Monday night football. Uh, I always hate playing last on a weekend. I don't know why. I'd much rather play earlier on um, and worry about the other results afterwards. But it's nice to have football back on the whole. Uh, the NFL also started this weekend. So if there's any NFL fans out there as well, you've had a very busy weekend uh, with Premier League Saturday, NFL Sunday, Premier League Sunday, and then the Albion today. Uh, so good stuff. Love to see it. Um, let's get down to it. We have plenty to go over today. So, new signing alert. Uh, Jan Paul Van Heck or Hecke, or Hecker. Don't know how you pronounce the very last bit of that name. Uh, from NAC Breda, he is going out on loan immediately uh, back to Heerenveen, uh, another Dutch club. So, another young centre-back. Uh, do we need another centre-back? No, I, I don't think we do. Uh... You know, he's obviously not going to play a game for us right now. Uh, but is it worth signing a young and hopefully top-class centre-half for the future? Of course it is. Right? It's a no-brainer. Uh, he is 20, so he is in kind of the latter stages of that development phase. Um, and we'll need to make that step forward rather quickly. You know, he's he's not got the same couple of years uh, in the bag as somebody like Hayden Roberts has to continue to get you know, accustomed and grow and get better and better. Um, he's he's kind of in that Matt Clark mold where he's he's should already be halfway there, uh, just not quite yet. But I suppose my biggest question, you know, to everybody listening, I'd love to hear your opinions on it, is, you know, do do we think we are using them, uh, the amount of centre-backs we have as, as a set of development prospects, you know, to eventually make some cash on them in the future? Um, alternatively, are we simply doing a very... 4D chess way of backing ourselves up and what I mean by that is is when you watch the championship right what is the main thing that always stands out as being a class below the Premier League and this is something that analysts talk about this is something that ex-managers or current managers talk about and it's something that we as fans see the the main thing that stands out uh, in the championship compared to the Premier League is two things goal scoring and defending and the goal scoring is easier to get at a championship level. Um, you know, there are there are so many uh, championship strikers that can score goals for fun. They can't make the jump up, but they can score goals for fun. But finding a truly generational centre back and like that can that can last all the way through is is very tough to find. The, they're very tough to accommodate for, and most of these teams, you know, that, that come up and struggle to stay up are usually based on the back of those centre-halves not being good enough. Um, even just watching Watford and Borough, right, the difference between the teams was simply the ability to defend in a better fashion. If you watch that on Friday night, uh, that was that was the main thing that showed up to me was that, you know, they, they had a great set of strikers. Uh, Britt Sombolonga is, is a player that can score goals for fun in the championship uh that new lad for Jao Pedro at Watford again looked a great player uh wasn't able to finish his chances but the difference was the defending and and they kept Brit Brit Asombolonga out and they couldn't keep Watford out and to me you know that's that's going to be such a key thing if we were ever to get relegated and West Brom 
they build their whole team ethos around this. Throughout the managers that they've had over the last 10 years, they still stick to the same principle of if their defense is good, they should always be able to yo-yo, and they do. Um, you know, if we were to go down this season, right, end of the season, Brighton are done, we're relegated. You've got to think that two of at least three uh, between Dunk, White, and Webster, right, would probably be on their way. Dunk definitely, White almost definitely, uh, and Webster maybe. Um, if that's the case, you know, then we, because of the way we're working here and the decisions we're making, we have a whole new generation of centre-backs ready to fight for their spots in that back two or three, depending on what we decide to do. Uh, Clark, Ostergaard, Van Heck, Roberts, Veltman maybe if he stays on. You know, we have a whole host of young centre-halves ready to step in at a top level, and I think that's good. Um, I, it can't hurt to keep doing these things so good stuff happy to have him on be interested to see how he does back in Heerenveen um, he was obviously a, a plenty good player for Breda last year so we shall see next news story of the week no room for racism is replacing the Black Lives Matter uh, whatever you would call it like garb attire on, this, on the kits um, good I think it's a good move uh, this is a charity or sponsor or whatever they've had, uh, like an organization that the Premier League have been associated with for quite some time now. Um, I think no room for racism. Uh, it, it gives people no excuse to moan about the Black Lives Matter politics. Um, whether you are one of those people that firmly believe Black Lives Matter is a political problem, or if you aren't, it doesn't matter anymore. No room for racism is as clear as it gets. There's no politics involved with that. No room for racism. Job done. I think the Premier League continue to handle themselves well, uh, especially when you look at the way sports are handling themselves over here in the US, especially with the way the fans are reacting. Um, we just need to have players and clubs back up the message with action. Now, you know, Marcus Rashford is doing amazing work and other teams and players need to kick their butts into gear and, and do the same thing because the government aren't doing a great deal you know, to help out these people. They've been around for hundreds of years, these these governments as we know them, and they aren't they haven't done much to help the poor yet. So I would say that that's a good uh, good way to, you know, push push the boat out there for Rashford. So good for him. Um, we need that activism, be it in the racism, be it in helping, you know, disadvantaged kids, be it helping, uh, you know, LGBTQ communities, whatever it is. Uh, I, I hope that you know, players are out there and teams are out there continuing to push for this stuff. Um, we know the Albion are, right, with the with the Albion as one. So you love to see it and hopefully they can carry on. Third news story of the week. We have loads of news stories this week, honestly. You wouldn't think so much would happen in a week, but it did. Uh, Lamptey made his under-21 England debut. Good stuff, again. Uh, nice. Maybe he'll be allowed to be called up by Southgate now in the future, maybe. Um, unless, of course, we get some good luck and Gareth gets lost soon. Uh, you know, I suspect we're going to see a major growth spurt for Tariq Lamptey 2 this season. Uh, I really think he's going to be a star. And the opening game of the season, which we are, of course, going to talk about shortly, uh, has done nothing but make me think that that note I made three or four days ago uh, was rather on the money. He was an absolute star again today. Uh, loved it. The next piece is the transfer window um, and the potential, or rather not potential, the probable lack of incoming signings for the rest of the window. 
Um, Potter has came out at both the fans forum and in a couple of other questions and has made it pretty clear that it does not look like we are going to be strengthening the team much more. Um, you know, all the time the window is open, you have a responsibility to keep looking and you never know. Uh, but my focus is just on the team we have. Uh, we've got a lot of players in the group who have had their first season in the Premier League this year. Um, you know, he's looking to the likes of Mopai, Connolly, Trossard, Ali Razor, uh, and what they achieved last season. Think how can we improve those goal tallies? Um, you know, to me, I think that it's rather naive, and I've said this already in the preseason show, but we, if we continue, you know, I don't see any reason why we're going to be any different to last year. Our big thing that we missed out on last year was scoring goals. Um, you know, defensively, we were very good uh, for the most part. Um, you know, when you look at those the Premier League table last year, defensively, we were we were better than a lot of teams. Um, we let in the same amount of goals as Chelsea for crying out loud, and they did well today. So, you know, uh, the clear difference there is we aren't scoring enough goals, and that is a problem. Um, and it looks to me very similar to previous seasons uh, in that we haven't signed a striker in that they come out rather early before the end of the line and say that they aren't looking to sign one. Um, this is not new. This is something that they've said before. Uh, and, you know, I, I have no reason to doubt that that's probably going to be the case. So could be a long, hard season ahead with those four as our striker options, uh, Mopai, Connolly, Trussard and Jahanbaksh. Um that's, that's a lot of faith to put in some of those players. So it's going to be rather interesting uh, to see if we can manage that this year. Uh, but at the same time, I think Potter is correct in that, you know, we've had we've got a group of players that have had their first season in the Premier League last year. So I think we could improve and get better as individuals and as a team. I think that's spot on, um, you know, with players like Adam Lallana uh, in the team and Ben White coming in and, and being so assured this is aging really badly because I had these notes written out before the game and it looks like both of those players are now out. Uh, especially Lalana, possibly long-term. So that aged terribly, uh, so maybe not so good there. But still, the, the he's right in that we have a lot of first-time, early-experienced players that can continue to grow. So we shall see how it goes. Um, but it's not just the senior team. Uh, we have two other teams to talk about on this podcast. We're an equal opportunity team podcast here at Together BHA. Uh, Under-23 has kicked off their season this weekend. 1-1 draw against Spurs. Rushworth, uh, the goalkeeper that was on loan in non-league last season, I believe, and has been all over the news about Barcelona and all sorts of people looking at him. Uh, he was the goalkeeper for the 1-1 draw. Uh, we had Romaric Yappi, the right-back, uh, play, yes, uh, play as well. Uh, looks like he went off injured, though, uh, after just half an hour, so that's not great. Uh, Dendonka, new sign-in, started the season, uh, did play the full 90 minutes. Hayden Roberts also played an hour. Uh, think he may well be playing in the Thursday Cup game against Portsmouth. Just a uh, feeling we may well see Roberts and Cochrane, or Cochrane, uh, who also played there on the left. Um, new sign-in from Wigan, Jensen Weir, also played. Um, and we had a front bunch of Guagis, Jenks, uh, I don't know how on earth you pronounce, Vukoje, Vukoj, 
who knows uh, so good result 1-1 against Spurs uh, we are playing the best academies in the world um, and I love that we are always seeming to go toe-to-toe to them with them lately um, I think that we've done every single thing right over the last 10 years and we're finally getting our just rewards so to me like love it and the other team that we need to talk about is the Brighton women's team um, they have taken four points from an opening two games in the Women's Super League. Uh, I believe it was Bristol or Birmingham, one of the two. But they won the first game of the season, uh, and that was a game we probably should have looked to win because uh, both of those teams, whichever one it was, finished around where we did at the end of the season towards that bottom half of the table. Uh, fine margins there. You need to win those games if you want to keep pushing on. Um, and we had a very tough game uh, against Manchester City this weekend. We came away with a draw at Manchester. Uh, you know, they finished second place last year. They pumped in a stupid amount of money last year. Um, they have spent a lot of money to make their team very good. Uh, and, you know, for Albion, who are continuing to look to grow, that is a major achievement uh, to show that movement up the table. Uh, it looks like the new signings we have made are making progress immediately on the back of signing for us. Um, so, you know, that's good stuff. Um, Amy Merricks, who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, was very positive about this year. She was happy with the moves they'd made. She was happy with the preparation they'd made, and clearly for a good reason, because they look solid. Um, unbeaten and two, and hopefully they can uh, they can carry on into the next couple of fixtures and keep on getting those results. So, on to the Chelsea game. Well, well, well. If it ain't. The consequences of our own actions. <laughs> we uh, we pretty much picked up from where we left off last season. Uh, I thought we were great, actually, for most most of the game, um, and just had an unbelievable amount of bad luck or individual errors that cost us three points or two points or one point or whatever today. Um, looking at the stats, you know, it it looks like two teams that went toe to toe on an equal footing. Um, we had 13 shots to their 10, uh, and I think that that pretty much does cover it. Uh, we did only have three shots on target to their five, however, um, and that, that is so important. You know, when you're making 50% of your shots on target as Chelsea, um, and we are only making, you know, three out of 13, that's such a big difference, and that to me is the difference maker, um, and I think that's where we've got to get better. We've simply, it's all well and good taking shots. We need to hit the target more. Like, we simply have to. Um, and that's where that difference is. Possession-wise, 52% of the possession for the Albion. Um, you know, we were we were very much there in, in the game. We, we dominated the ball for large parts of the game as well. Um, you know, key passes. We, were, we made 10 key passes to their nine. Um, Again, unfortunately, Adam Lalana was the leader in key passes, even at you know forty-three minutes played. Not great to see him go off. Um, we had an eighty-two percent pass percentage success rate. They had eighty-three percent. Uh, you know, we we went toe to toe with them all the way through. We had successful eight dribbles to their five. Uh, you know, we. We had a 53% dribble success rate compared to their 42%. Um, we went toe-to-toe on tackles, 16 to 15. Uh, we were all over it there as well. You know, aerials won, 9 to 13. Corners won, 4 to 3. Dispossessed, 8 to 9. Like, we're, ne- we're neck and neck with this team that is 
probably going to be a top four team this year all the way through all the way through the stats that you look at we're all over it like we are doing a great job in keeping these teams in check we just the difference is is the attacking output and and individual errors frankly um you know we we made a horrible error uh which we'll talk about shortly but you know other than uh, individual problems um as a team we are going toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the league no problem we did it today we'll do it again most weeks the problem is finishing and hitting the target and it's a problem we had last season it's a problem we're going to have this season because we are how we are currently with the squad um you know it's inevitable it doesn't matter how positive or optimistic you feel we don't have a better striking unit than we had last year we have the same one um slightly weakened really with glenn gone we have one less dimension to play because now we have no big man at all um so at the end of the day you know we we're left with what we've got and and that is a group of players that are struggling to hit the target regularly uh and it showed again today nothing has changed in that format um and i think that's going to be a trend that we talk about all year uh, depending on what happens between now and what, like October 5th, is it that we finish off? Uh, or 4th, maybe. Um, but we'll see, you know, it's a long season. Um, I think, you know, it's obviously a positive that we went toe-to-toe with them. It's frustrating to see the same problems, though, rear up over and over and over again. Uh, when you know what the solution is and, and your club are saying there's no rush to get to that solution uh it can be bloody infuriating but it is what it is um looking at the flashpoints in the game right so let's look at the flashpoints that went on here uh first of all the penalty um and there's a couple of pieces to talk about with this pen uh first of all i thought the penalty was actually quite poor um you know he's Jorginho or whatever his name is yeah Jorginho is, is a good player good great penalty taker um and but his penalty itself was nothing special wasn't a great deal of power on it uh wasn't even well placed he just sent ryan the wrong way early and popped it in the back of the net um which is disappointing uh but at the same time you know penalties are penalties they're tough to deal with the main thing really is the error that alzate made um and he's young and i'm not going to hold it against him uh, you know, he's he's young, he'll get better, he'll learn from it. I'm sure he will. My my problem is this is not new. Like, this is not a new problem. Like, this is not a one-time error where you set it in and go, huh, that's strange, I've never seen us do that before. This is, like, the 15th time I've seen us do it. Like, this, the pass out into, the, into that kind of deep midfield where Dale Stevens, Davey Proper... And now Steven Alzate are picking up the ball and playing just a total hospital pass, causing us to be in big trouble and eight times out of ten conceding. Today we conceded the penalty, which ended up conceding a goal anyway. But the same, it's the same problem. Like, I am struggling to understand why we keep playing that ball out making that same mistake i understand the possession based stuff like definitely like i'm not discussing like whether we should change our play style i definitely don't think we should change anything 
uh, with the playstyle. It's obviously a philosophy that Potter likes. He wants to continue with, and I'm I'm here for it. I love watching us play this style of football. Um, but you have to wonder at what point do you realize that this is a common occurrence to make this error in the same spot on the pitch all the time? Um, and it's now happened to three different players. You know, it used to happen to Dale Stevens all the time, and we used to all be like berating Stevens, like, Dale, what are you doing? Like, God damn it, pass the fucking ball. Like, stop screwing it up so stupidly. And then Davey Proper plays that same role and does the same bloody thing. And you think, well, come on, Davey. Like, you're better than that. Like, what was that all about? That was unexpected. And then he does it four or five times in a season and costs us three goals. And you think, well, shit. Like, maybe he's lost it. Like, he needs to be thinking about something else here. So Davey Proper's hurt. So we can't start the season. So we replace him with Alzate. Very tidy, comfortable footballer, very comfortable on the ball, young, great talent, very promising. What does he do? He gets the ball in the exact same spot and plays a pass that could have literally been a carbon copy from David Proppers. Like, we have to learn from that sooner or later, because that's the difference between drawing 2-2 and losing 3-1. Like, that is, that is the difference at times. Against teams this good, it's definitely the difference. And we need to be better about it. Um, next up, next flashpoint, so to speak, uh, is Adam Lalana going down injured. Oh no. <laughs> Not good at all. Um, Lalana was great for his first 43 minutes. Um, I thought he looked very influential. I thought he linked the forward line uh, of, you know, Mopai and Trossard to the midfield just seamlessly uh you can see that by the way that you look at Lalana's stats you know the majority of his passes were forward uh he had two key passes in just that 43 minutes only Trossard had the same amount after 90 um we were a team that were looking very comfortable and Lalana, I believe was a big part of it and for him to go down off the ball with no uh, contact with no problem and holding his groin uh, and hamstring area like that's very worrying um, I don't know when you'll see him back uh, it looks it looks worrying um, I think we have every reason to be very concerned about Lalana's next couple of months with us um, it looked real bad so not good um, you know, we're, we're at half time. We've just lost our very influential midfielder we've just signed, and we've just conceded a penalty to a really stupid error. Um, but other than that, we're playing really well, which makes it all the more frustrating, right? So we start the second half, come out there, and start doing pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, we switch Lalana out for Connolly. We're killing it. We're very progressive. We're very fast. We're looking very, like, cutting edge now. Um, Tarek Lamptey passes the ball out to Trossard. Trossard realizes Kepper is an idiot. Takes a shot. Bash. Bottom corner. Thank you very much. 1-1. Very well deserved. You know, 54 minutes on the clock, just after half time. Team talk ruined for Chelsea. We're well in there. Boom. Let's chase this game. Let's get a win. Two minutes later, Reese James grabs the ball. Takes one touch. Nobody does anything wrong. The team, Albion, have done nothing wrong. We haven't defended poorly. We haven't looked poor about, like, giving a ball away at this point or anything. Reese James just takes one touch and bazookas it into the top corner. 
Ryan can't do anything about it. The defense can't do anything about it. Nobody can. He takes one touch and hits an absolute worldie. Goal of the month, almost definitely. Goal of the season contender, almost definitely. And within two minutes, we went from back in the game to 2-1 down and, and chasing it again. Um, really disappointing. And then from 56 minutes onwards, we come back into the game. It's it's looking okay. We, we answer pretty well. Uh, and, you know, within about five minutes, the ball comes into the back post and Lewis Dunk misses an absolute sitter all on his own to make it 2-2. And you think there's the chance. There's the chance. We need to take those chances. We need to score them. Um, because if we don't, you know, that's that's going to be an issue for us. And I forgot, actually, the other flashpoint I wanted to talk about there in between the goals. I think it was Lamptey, maybe Trossard, whips the ball in. Uh, Neil Mopai can't get his head on it, not quite tall enough to see his head on the ball at the near post, and thus it kind of just drops pretty low. Uh, again, we need a taller striker to help out with the aerial presence. Neil is doing everything he can. I love him to death, but it's just not enough. We don't have the aerial presence. And at that point, it was very clear. And then when we finally do get the aerial presence, of course, Lewis Dunk misses the sitter anyway. Uh, and then we go back up the other end and Chelsea go on the attack. Uh, Reese James whips the ball in. Kurt Zuma takes a pretty tame attempt at goal, uh, bounces off Adam Webster, who tries to block it, deflects it totally the opposite side of the goal, and we're 3-1 down, the game is over, um, and we have just been undone by an individual error, uh, a world-class wonder strike, and a wicked deflection. Um, we've lost our influential new signing in the midfield, uh, in Adam Lalana. Uh, things are looking pretty rough. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of bad luck, I don't think it can get any worse than that, to be honest. We've been the better team for large swaths of the game. Uh, we've been all over them for the most part. They've looked very average, and they've got three goals from three weird, weird ways. And we've lost our new marquee signing um, within 43 minutes of, of him playing for the club. Uh, what you know? How could it get worse? Well, I'll tell you how it can get worse. Uh, on about 78 minutes, uh, Ben White goes down <laughs> in his, his uh, ankle, I believe. Um, ben White is now subbed off uh, Pascal Gross. Uh, we continue to try and, you know, we, we did a good job of continuing to push them. And we had a couple of, you know, half chances that I thought we probably, you know, could have carved something out of it. But it wasn't to be. We lost 3-1. Um, and, you know, we've, we've now lost Ben White and Adam Lalana and conceded three nuts goals, like freak goals, like one individual error, one world-class goal, one wickedly deflected goal. Our new sign-in, Adam Lalana is hurt probably long-term with the way it went down. Ben White is hurt with an impact injury. Who knows how serious it could be? You know, we've seen them go, we've seen them come straight back. We've seen them be out for eight months with Albion. Um, and, that's it. That's that's only the end of the first game of the season. So, like, if I'm hoping we've used all of our bad luck up. Like, I am not sure how much more bad luck we could possibly channel into one game. 
Actually, I can. Uh, we probably, you know, we were one red card away from rounding off the day, and Tarek Lamptey did his best earning a booking late, late on. <laughs> um, but it was... For all of the good we saw, none of it was altogether different to what we've seen before, either. Do you get what I mean? Like, it was good, we looked good, we did a lot of things right, but we also didn't look entirely different to last year. We still couldn't finish the chances we needed to, and we still, you know, our squad is now no better than it was before because we've lost our two new signings, in quotation marks, with Ben White. Um, So looking on to the player stats, right? So who stood out? Well, I think there's a couple of them that stood out. Basuma, I thought, was superb today. Uh, I thought he stood out as... He has just matured so much. His stats were superb. You know, 57 out of 47 passes successful. He was third best in the Albion squad tonight. Uh, 10 out of those 13 were... Or rather, 10 out of those were successful long passes uh, out of 13 attempts. He made, what, like eight ball recoveries? He won the ball for eight times. Superb stuff. I think that was second in the squad. Uh, he made he successfully uh, won three of his four tackles, joint second. Uh, he was a foul-winning machine, two fouls won. Again, like, what a great player. Like, you just love to have him. Um, I think he was just superb. Uh, he was one of the better players in the in the team aerially too. Uh, he won two aerial battles uh, out of you know matching Lewis Duncan. Only Ben White won more. Um, I think he was a great player. I think he's going to be a permanent fixture now for the team. He needs to be one of the first names on the team sheet, no doubt in my head. Uh, I thought he was just excellent. Um, other reasons to be cheerful: uh, Sonny March at left back. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't Tarek Lamptey, right? And I think that we can definitely see why we still need a left back, pretty clearly. Um, there are deficiencies Solly has. Uh, the the end product is always going to be a problem with Solly. Um, you know, I, I I know a lot of people defend him, um, but this he's just not quite a Premier League left back or left wing back. Um, he's good, just not quite good enough and I think we need to continue to look for an alternative um, I thought Steven Alzate had a good game barring you know the the obvious error that stood out there uh, I thought that other than that problem that he had uh, I thought he was great other than that uh, he was superb in passing um, other than the one mistake uh, you know two key passes uh, his shots now his shots he took two shot, shots today um, but my God, how much better did he look hitting the ball today? Uh, two shots, one on target, and both times he looked far more accomplished trying to hit the ball than he did recently. Uh, I feel like every time he came on and tried to take a shot, last year he he, he just would never pull the trigger. Um, didn't seem scared to do so today. Uh, two interceptions, four ball recoveries, successful dribble. Like, I... I was very impressed with Alzate. I'm looking forward to seeing him grow with us. Uh, yes, he made the error. I'm not too worried about it, though. I, th- I think that that was a one-off for him, I hope, and he will learn from that and, and not make that mistake again. Uh, for me, though, the two that stood out, Trossard has to be up there. 
Uh, I thought he played really well today. I think he's just played well in general. He looks super bright in preseason. He stood out for the Albion today. Two chances created, uh, joint first. One big chance created, joint first. Uh, he made uh, 23 final third passes. Uh, 12 of those were accurate. Third place uh, in the team. Um, two accurate crosses, joint first. Uh, one goal scored. Of course, he was the goal scorer. Good stuff. Um, and then three out of four successful long passes. Um, I think Trossard was... I think Trossard was superb in Project Restart. I know I said that in the preseason pod, but I I think he was incredible um, in that restart, and I think he has been superb again. Um, you know, I thought he was a standout player. Now, my man of the match, rather unsurprisingly, is Tarek Lamptey. What a player! Man of the match by far. He's just an absolute beast, lads and ladies. Like he's just an ab. Salute, beast. Like, I just cannot believe how good he is, man. Like, he's just unbelievable. Like, the, <laughs> he just looks a step above everybody else. He had a shot today. Uh, he had two key passes, joint first in the team. Um, he had 82 touches of the ball today. Only Lewis Dunk had more. Offensively, he was on it. He contributed uh, two successful dribbles. He, he won a foul. You know, these... He's just a beast. He makes me speechless sometimes. He was so good. Three successful tackles, three successful interceptions, a successful clearance. You know, barring that really sketchy yellow card tackle he made late on, like, he was the standout player in every single way. Like, he was just an absolute beast. And I saw a stat uh, recently, just, you know, 10 minutes ago that I'm on now, recording, uh, Squawker Football. Uh, Tarek Lamptey's games game by numbers versus Chelsea: 82 touches, eight final third entries, uh, seven duels won, six penalty area touches, five recoveries, four crosses, three interceptions, three tackles, two chances created, and an assist. The boy is just magic. Love it. Love to see it. Just incredible. What a beast. Love it. Of the players that let me down. Neil Mopai looked a little bit lonely today. Uh, he looked a little bit off the boil. Um, you know, he only he only registered 17 touches today um, in that in that entire game. Not great, uh, I think. I think we will see that improve over time. He's still a superb player. I still I still think he's going to score 15 goals for us this season. Easy. So I'm not too worried about it. But he was very quiet today. Uh, and I thought Ali Reza was freaking terrible when he came on, which is exactly counter to, to what I said in the preseason pod. You know, I, th I thought he was probably going to leave the club, and I noted how well I thought he played every time he came on. Today was not that day. My God, he was bad. Um, overall, I'm not disappointed with the result. Because I don't think you ever expect to beat a team like Chelsea, right? They're a top four team, top five team, especially with the signings they've made. You see it as a free hit of sorts um, and, you know, hope that you can get a result. Like we did last year, we didn't. Um, but the manner of the defeat sucks balls. Like, we were good enough to take something today. We were unlucky. The goals we conceded were insane. Like, it's just ridiculous the manner in which we lost it. Um, and... More than anything, 
you know, the, I haven't seen any news yet, um, but to have Lalana and Ben White go out, uh, and Lalana especially with the manner in which it looked like he went out, you know, hopefully you're listening to this tomorrow morning and, and we've heard news that it was just a dead leg or, you know, like a, like a cramp or something that he's feeling that he hasn't, you know, played competitive football in a long time and it's catching up to him, um, or something, but like, you know, like, god damn, man, like, we've not signed enough people in this window as it is, and two of our kind of new recruits in terms of the first 11 are, are immediately hurt, it's worrying, um, but final thing to cover here, uh, Newcastle United away, home of the most boring goddamn away game last year, I can remember in quite some time, Let's hope that we see something a bit more exciting this time. Um, and it promises to be, uh, because Newcastle have, have done a lot of work in the transfer window, and we're already seeing their players that they signed come to fruition. So, looking at Newcastle United. Their most recent game, first game of the season, West Ham away. 2-0 win. An easy victory, all told, honestly. Uh <laughs> Is this another continuation of Steve Bruce uh, hitting his unicorn club and getting better? Um, or is it just West Ham being that bad? Uh, I think over time, we're probably going to find out. You know, we're going to work out just how good Newcastle are going to be under Bruce, which is bizarre to say. Uh, or if it's just a case that West Ham really are poor. Um, and they have a very tough opening run of fixtures, so we'll find out pretty quickly uh, as to how screwed they are. Um, they ran a 4-4-2, classic little and large formation, um, and honestly, it worked wonderfully. Andy Carroll, Callum Wilson, bang, like no messing about. Um, we, have a, we have a pretty serious front four we now have to prepare for um, at St. James's Park. We have Jeff Hendrick, uh, on the right, who created a goal and was and scored one, I believe, uh, last week against West Ham. Uh, we have Andy Carroll, who played his role fantastically. And we have Callum Wilson, who bagged a goal on his debut as well. And we have Alan Saint-Maximin, who I'm a big fan of. I think he's a really great player. Um, they created a deadly front four in their first game. Um, we need to prepare for it big time. Uh, I, th I think a back three is probably the right way to continue with here. Uh, we can attack that front two with Dunk, White, and Webster um, and take control of that battle in the middle. Uh, and I think if you can win the battle in the middle, um, I think leaving Solly and Lamptey uh, to go to work one-on-one -on -one against St. Maximum uh, and Wilson, uh, I think we're well prepared um, to be able to handle them. They are just not going to be an easy game. They're going to be very tough this year. Uh, they were tough last year, but with that extra firepower up front, I think it's there's a lot of good stuff to come from them, potentially. Uh, and then with Jamal Lewis at left back, uh, it sounded like he had a great game, unfortunately. Um, he was one of those players I was hoping we would sign. Uh, but no luck. So we shall see. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, Portsmouth in the cup on Thursday next. I expect a pretty much a full, um, you know, under 23 squad replacement. Uh, so we shall see there. I don't expect them to play any of the main players. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, but 
hopefully um, we shall uh, we shall come forward we shall maybe get a win against Portsmouth in the cup and and more importantly we can uh, rebound back against Newcastle and, and get a win uh, and maybe get some good news this week about Lalana um, and Ben White don't anticipate any signings I, I honestly don't anticipate any more um, because I'm just not gonna bother getting myself hopeful um, they've said they're not interested they're not they're not interested but They've said they're in no rush. They said that you know they're not currently like outwardly looking too hard. Um, they're happy with the squad that they currently have. So I'm not going to continue to open myself to be hurt emotionally in my soul at the lack of signings. So we'll see. Um, but that's it. Yeah. So I will see you all next week. Uh, it will be out Monday as usual as opposed to Tuesday. Uh, and I will be looking to get a guest on. Um, I have had... Uh, two people reach out to me for guest spots um, if you are listening Gareth uh, I am listening to you uh, I am listening I'm, I mean obviously I'm listening to you uh, but I have got your message uh, I'm going to respond to you uh, I intend to have you on next week for the Newcastle game Gareth so hold on to your DMs that message is coming um, and we will all speak again next week Thank you for listening and be safe.